the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Welcome to the podcast edition of Maximum Growth Live, the number one program for lawyers who want to grow their practices. Each week, our hosts, Seth Price and Jay Ruane, tackle the fundamental questions about how to grow the profit and profitability of your law firm. To watch the program live, submit your questions and hear the latest episode. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern on Facebook for our live show. Maximum Growth Live is a production of Maximum Lawyer Media. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Thursday, August 27th edition of Maximum Growth Live. I'm your host, Jay Ruane. With me, as always, Seth Price. Seth, how are you doing this week? Doing great. Doing great, Jay. So, Seth, we have a phenomenal show today. Uh, But before we get to the show, we want to talk about uh, a couple of things. Number one, uh, we're always uh, and have been a member of Maximum Lawyer Media, and you can hear this podcast edition, not only on our standalone podcast, but as part of the Maximum Lawyer podcast. Uh, And we are sponsored by FirmFlex, which is my company, Social Media Marketing uh, for Lawyers. And we're also uh, um, sponsored by your company, Seth. Tell us about your company. Uh, Blue Shark Digital. Uh, it is essentially a passion play. Our in-house pr- uh, team from Price Benowitz spun into its own digital agency, helping lawyers around the country with their digital marketing needs. Fantastic. So we have a phenomenal get for our show today. Uh, and uh, we didn't really promote it that much uh, because uh, we weren't sure we were going to get it. Uh, but we got them. And uh, tell us who we got coming up in the show today, because I think minds are going to be blown. You know, coming up today, we got Peter Shankman. Uh, Peter is just one of my favorite entrepreneurs. I I ran into him in the uh, mid to late 90s in New York when he was starting Geek Factory. And I was had left big law and had gone to New York to make my millions in the first dot com bubble. Um, After starting a company in the music space, um, I ended up as a founding employee for U.S. law. And each night, it was crazy. You'd work all day till about five o'clock, and then you'd go out to the nicest clubs in New York, and all of these dot-coms with crazy venture money were throwing these insane parties, and from like six to nine, you'd go party hopping. And Peter was a mainstay of this of this world. We got to be great friends. Um, got to see him through that period. He then, when uh, things were rough after 9-11, hooked me up. Uh, he took me out to the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas. I'll always be appreciative of that. And watched him build Haro, Help a Reporter, which is still a, a great resource for link building and PR, something that he sold y- years ago, did very well with that. He's written several books on 
business, on ADHD, on consumer focus businesses, and really has become one of those guys, a sought after keynote speaker who goes around the country and has sort of helped school business on how to deal with consumers. And it's just a fascinating look. He, 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 professes to be faster than normal. And when you hear him speak, he certainly is. So I can't wait to have him on the show. Yeah, I've seen him speak a couple of times. And, uh, you know, I really am really looking forward to this interview. There's a lot of great things that we can talk about. But before he's ready, we're first going to bring in Nalini. So let's get her set up next. We're going to, as people know, uh, we've been looking for a, a name for her segment. We think we found it. It's called Nalini School of Thought. So after we get done here, we're going to bring in Nalini. She's going to talk about some digital marketing tips. And then on the back end of the show, we're going to bring Peter in for our, a, a little more in-depth conversation. Uh, and I think both segments people are going to get a lot out of this week. Uh, so thank you all for being with us. What we'll do is we'll take a quick break right now. And when we come back, we'll have Nalini with Nalini's School of Thought. everybody. Um, we're going to focus on Google My Business today. Some of the new features that Google have put out in this past month, they've been kind of busy, um, still in that same vein of always trying to gather information about your consumers and about the engagement with your business. Google is now allowing you to engage with your business and edit information from your business profile from new sources. So before you used to have to go and log into the back end of your Google My Business, um, a few years ago, they started to allow this functionality on the front end so that if you Googled your business name and your address and your Google My Business popped up on the right-hand side of the search result, there was an edit my information button, um, a couple of other features you were able to edit, you could add photos. Google has now brought this to the Google Maps app, which is a big deal because you don't necessarily have to go log in and be in the back end with the insights and all this extra information. Um, but if you look at your Google Maps as if you were going somewhere and you were putting in your navigation in the top right hand corner, you'll see your little Google profile. It's whether it's your logo or your photo. And when you click on that, you have access to your business or all of the businesses that you manage. You can easily add a post. Um, you can change your business description. Some of these very easy functions are available now there. That's brand new as of this month. Um, and one of the cool things that I like is when you go and you, if you search your business and you see your, um, you know, you can press like directions to your office, but if you see your Google My Business pop up when you type in your business name into Google Maps, you can actually see the number of people that have actually um, seen this Google My Business over the course of the month. There's actual on-page um, information and data. So very quick snapshot if you're just playing around on your phone and you want to see how your Google My Business is doing. Um, I think that's really cool. It's a good indication that Google is really trying to get people to log in as easily as they can and to actually update information or to post if you're not doing that yet. Your Google My Business posts are a really good way to interact with your audience. Um, the second thing that we saw that was kind of cool is that there's now the call button on a lot of Google My Businesses on desktop. So we know that when we looked up services on our phones, there would be the call button, you could click it and it would directly call. Um, the way that it's working now on the computers is that Right next to website, um, those, those buttons there at the top that you usually see, um, website directions, save, there's now a call button. And if you click that button, it will automatically um, open a, a pop-up that says, would you like to call from your Android? And there's different apps that you can set up with your phone. 
the, if you have a Mac, what it'll do is ask you if you want to call from your cell phone. Um, and so this is interesting, right, because it's on a desktop, but what's really cool is that you're gonna get a lot more data on the back end in your Google My Business Insights now that are actually showing you who's trying to call you when they're at a desktop, right? Before you would only get that information from the mobile. Um, so to have that information from both aspects, more data is power to understand how your consumers are trying to get in touch with you. You make decisions based on, hey, maybe my call volume is pretty high and I didn't realize how much I was getting in here. Maybe I need to do something with my intake, right? So very cool data signals. Um, and then the third thing is something that wanted to end on, which I thought was cool and it's headed in the right direction, but not quite there yet. So there's always been this debate about, should I put 24 seven as my hours as a law firm? Because, you know, maybe I stop at six and my doors close at that time, but I have an answering service that can totally take and take from anyone who's gotten in a car accident or is having trouble with their family, you know, or got arrested. And so people would put 24 seven, but then Google would sometimes see this as spammy. And you've heard other SEO people say it's too spammy, don't do it. Um, you've seen people be able to easily suggest a change and then it makes it look bad that your profile's lying. Um, so a lot of people have gone back to putting, you know, eight to five, nine to six, whatever your actual hours are. So there's this new feature um, that Google just added this month and it's called online service hours. So they came out with this field a couple weeks ago, but now we're actually seeing it on the front end. So the way that this works is when you pull up your Google My Business on the desktop, you are still just seeing your regular brick and mortar hours. In addition, if it is your online hours, it still marks you as closed. So you see the red word that says closed. You only see your online hours if you click into the more hours section and then it's underneath. Um, but the thing that I think they're going with here is they're trying to see how many people do work, you know, after hours or would use that as a feature, would want that to be something that was seen immediately by someone. And I think there's a lot of industries, especially legal, where you guys do have 24-7, you'll pick up the phone or you have someone dedicated to answering the phone because your clients may need you at any time. So while it doesn't show on the front end right now, it is a step in the right direction that maybe that 24 seven versus should I put my real hours debate will be handled in the future. It's also really interesting because they're starting to put up information about online hours and virtual things. So I'm very excited to see what kind of new items come out, especially with regards to um, satellite offices and people maybe not having brick and mortars as much. And, and so I'm waiting for that to break. I know that last summer it was a big show where we all said, hey guys, um, if you have a Regis or a WeWorks, even if you're like a small, just started your law firm and it really is your office space, you run the risk of being suspended and you could have your whole Google My Business gone. And I know Jay could talk for a while about the huge dip he saw in analytics from when his, his Google My Business was suspended for quite a while so um, if you really look at it it's really interesting to see that they are looking at people who have online businesses your offline hours um, they're trying to to really play to the people who are adjusting to this new way that people have to do business with you know quarantine and corona um, so really interesting stuff new stuff coming up i'm sure um, if you have questions i'm always here to answer but We'll keep an eye on some of these new features and and go ahead and tinker with it look at it see what kind of cool things are on that 
Google My Business app because that's that's a good way for you. Even if you're not tech savvy and you can't sign in, you can go on the Google app. I'm sure you're on the Google Maps app when you're trying to get directions to somewhere and you can see some of your analytics right there and you can change things. Um, so some easy DIY tips and I'll be here again next week. If you guys have things you wanna hear about or Jay and Seth have other questions for me, that's what we'll do next week. Thanks. Well, thanks Nalini. I mean, always great stuff. She's so knowledgeable about the industry, but we don't wanna keep Peter waiting because he moves fast. And I'm afraid that if we keep him waiting any longer, uh, we, he might hang up. So he's on the call right now. Give me 30 seconds, uh, not even, and uh, let's get him in here now and we'll take it from there. So 10 second break folks. And when we come back, Peter Shankman will be with us. Thanks. Peter, thank you so much for joining us. Peter's a longtime friend and mentor. This this guy has done it all. Uh, he's written books. He's figured out how to have steaks delivered to the airport. Uh, he has really made business people question uh, and dig deep and, and reflect upon how they do things. And, and thank you for that, Peter. Um, you know, on Max Growth Live, we spend a lot of time focused on figuring out, you know, how law firms get to the next level. And I know you have very strong feelings on how the new economy will reshape things as far as need for space. Let's start there. Yeah, I mean, I think that if you're if you're still paying for $50,000 a month lease so you can have a fountain in your lobby, you're an idiot. Um, you know, people don't care. I stopped caring where you worked 20, 22 years ago. My first job in 95, I worked for America Online, and they didn't give a crap where I worked or how I worked as long as I got my job done. This is 95. Right. And I remember I moved back to New York and I took a job in a magazine and realized that most people still did care. And that kind of sucked. But they don't anymore. Right. I've I've, I've written my last three books on airplanes to Asia. Um, my in the past 20 years, I've met my financial advisor. Or my, I've met my accountant in person twice. You know, I don't care where you are. And, and covid just sort of um, uh, accelerated that. You know, ask yourself, do you really need that office? Do you really need, you know, the the. We managed to switch over to virtual working because we didn't have a choice. And then about four months into it, you know, the story started coming out. I was like, oh, it's not as productive as everyone. Well, of course it's not because you slam people into doing what should have taken five years into three months. But now that they're there, the ramp up is going to be a lot easier. Right. I mean, I have I have a I have a Regis office just that I, I had to get my because my kid was young and, and, and I needed I needed a place to call my own work. You know, I could work. But I'm at the point now where I'm like, what the hell am I paying sixteen hundred bucks a month for? I haven't I haven't been there in three weeks already. Right. So the, the question becomes, am I going to renew when the lease is up in June? Hell no. You know, we're at the point now where where Internet is finally prevalent enough. Um, it's fast enough. You know, the, the, the onus to getting work done is fi is really going to come down to the person working as opposed to other things like location or whatever. There's really no excuse not to. I remember in 2008 or 2009, uh, my parents were flying to London for their birthday or for my, my mom's birthday and anniversary or something, I don't remember. And I decided to surprise them, and I flew down and met them for dinner, right? And just because I could, and I still got I still got my work done, I still got everything you know done, my clients had no idea. It doesn't matter anymore, and I think that people are at the point where they don't care. Get the work done from a forest in, in, in Tanzania or Borneo. It doesn't matter as long as you get the work done. And so I think that we're seeing that. And even even in law, you know, yes, you're still, still going to have to go to court, you're still going to but 99% of the stuff, I mean, I, I still, my lawyer's still working. He's still doing his stuff. He's just been doing it from home. The funniest thing is the hardest thing that, it's, that, that lawyers have had to deal with is figuring out how to get paid because no one's in the office to take checks anymore. 
right? <laughs> and so I introduced my attorney, who works for a very large firm, by the way, something about something called Venmo. I'm like, here, this will change your life. By the way, there's also this wonderful thing that called the Internet where you don't have to use your fax machine anymore. So, yeah, it's, you know. Yeah, so look, you know, I'm, I'm going to push you a little bit on this because, look, yeah. you, you, you've built an empire as you. For those people that are leveraging other people, some of the largest companies have tried with the you know, with remote work and some have pulled back saying, hey, we don't like what we see. Now, granted, this is, as you've alluded to, the Band-Aid is off. People didn't take it enough time to put it in place. And with greater thought and technology, more and more can go remote. Blue Shark, for example, you know, remote fully and maybe for the foreseeable future and figuring out how to leverage space back. But the question is, is it going to be space? Will people want that socialization? Is there a serendipity of being together? Part of the reason for I became friends in the 90s is we spent time in the same physical proximity and we did deals and met people and had opportunities that we wouldn't have had otherwise. Do you think that there is some value, especially in scaled organizations, to having some form of physical interaction, even if it's not 100 percent of the time? I think you're confusing. Um, you're confusing quarantine with homeworking. What do I mean by that? Quarantine means we weren't allowed to go out. Right. It means we had to work from our home. Homeworking means you work from home or you work from wherever. You want to go into an office, go into an office. You want to meet at a coffee shop and, and do some work together, go meet at a coffee shop. You want to meet at a, in Central Park and hang out and get a tan while you're having a meeting, go for it. There's a difference between the quarantine that we went through and the concept of working in a way that works for you, works best for you. And that's what people really need to understand is that the, the premise of working in a way that's best for you means that it doesn't have to be one way. My favorite story, you know, the, the, the baboons in the in the cage, they, they, they put bananas up on the top. One of the baboons gets them. The other four get sprayed with cold water so that the baboon quickly gets the crap beat out of them and learns not to go after the bananas. They take one of the baboons out, put a new one in. Uh, he gets the crap kicked out of him before he even gets the, the, the bananas. No one gets sprayed with cold water. Eventually, all five are replaced. All five know not to go for the bananas. So they'll get the crap kicked out of them, but no, none of them know why. And the answer being the last way we've always done it. Right. So, you know, at the end of the day, you don't have to do that. I'm not saying never meet. I'm not saying don't go into the office. I'm not saying don't have personalization, right? My kid is going, uh, uh, the, the, you know, her school that I'm paying 50 grand a year for, uh, for second grade, isn't starting in person until mid-October, and you know that's going to not be until January. And yet, you know, and but they're having a they're having a day, uh, an introduction, a meet your meet your friends again day in. September on the first day, what would have been the first day of school, right? So there are ways to do things. Um, you can't look at it as, oh, it's either quarantine or nothing. When this, when, when, when somebody gets their goddamn act together, you know, and we become like every other industrialized country in the world, then and we and and you know the the, the curve does drop, you know, and people don't equate to wearing a mask with their fucking freedoms pardon my French, then, you know, we'll get it together and we'll see a difference and we'll see that we can work from anywhere and it doesn't necessarily, so the rules are going to shift, not because of quarantine, the rules are going to shift because time has brought the rules to shift. Great. Jay? Yeah, Peter, uh, thanks so much for being with us. I want to uh, take, a, take a step back. I had the, uh, the pleasure of seeing you at PubCon a number of years ago and you were, and then you were talking about 
uh, your ADHD diagnosis, and you framed it in a way that really hit home for me in that you talked about it being somewhat of a superpower because your brain works faster than other people's brain. And as somebody with a child with ADHD, I came home from that sort of empowered by your story and by your reframing of, uh, of the skill. Shared it with my wife, talked to my son about it, and he has really embraced that as a way to sort of uh, like look at his skill set differently and not as a negative but as a positive. And I'd like to talk to you a little bit about that because I think you have a, a unique perspective about how speed really does matter in the new economy. And what we saw over the last five months is those, those law firms and lawyers that were able to adapt quickly to change uh, have been able to be successful throughout this. So can you tell us a little bit more why speed truly does matter in the next generation? So, you know, I uh, have written five books. One of them is a bestseller on ADHD, right? One of them, and I have a, I have a bestselling, uh, an award-winning podcast on ADHD. Pretty much everything I've ever done has happened on an airplane. And regardless of everything, where, where it's happened, everything I've ever done has happened, has been put into place, has been put into motion in less than 48 hours, right? When I came up with the idea for the last company I sold, Help a Reporter Out, I thought about it in an airport. By the time I landed in New York, I had a website up. Um, I was in LA, I flew to New York, I did everything. So, you know, the nice thing about speed, but there was a book out, there was a book once called Perfect Speed is Being There, right? And what I love about that title is that Perfect. I, I would I would change the title and and to, to your to what you said I would exp, I would suggest that <laughs> again pardon my French perfect speed is not giving a fuck and here's what I mean about that every bit of success I've had has come because I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna try something if it works great if it fails I'll try something else and the amount of freedom you get when you stop caring what other people might think is mind blowing and the nice thing about ADHD is chances are we've discovered that years ago. I mean, growing up with ADHD in the 80s in New York City in public school, it wasn't called ADHD. It was called sit down, you're disrupting the class disease. And, you know, having a big mouth and never knowing when to shut up and always, you know, always re racing for that new thing, that new thing, that new thing, you know, not knowing it at the time, that was my brain trying to fill itself with the dopamine that normal people get automatically. Once I realized what I could do with that, my life changed for the better. And so perfect speed is understanding that get it out have fun with it. If it works, keep doing it and improving it. If it doesn't work, try something else. And so, yeah, the you know, I've done some studies. 25% uh, of the workforce is going to be neurodiverse in the next 10 years. So ADD, ADHD, autism spectrum, spectrum, executive function disorder, dyslexia, you name it. How is your law firm going to handle that? How is your law firm going to handle when one out of every four employees you know, is neurodiverse. And by the way, those are the most creative employees you're going to have. Those are the ones at three in the morning who want to think of this way, this brand new way to defend the case that no one ever thought of before. How do you make sure you keep them? Right. So it's time to start embracing the concept of speed and quickness and faster than normal and all that as the gift, not the curse that it is. Or, you know, it's a gift that it is, not the curse that people think it is. And sort of the beauty of that is that when we learn how to do that, it takes us in a very different trajectory. You know, I, I, I've said this publicly many times that I believe in any given day I'm three bad decisions in a row away from being a junkie in the streets because um, when you move that fast, there's not a lot of room for course correction. You have to anticipate course correction, you know, eons before you actually get there. And so, you know, there was a study out that said if we could achieve one third light speed 
uh, that would be enough to get to other planets. That would be enough to get to, you know, past the sun. But we would have to start slowing down out of just one third light speed. We'd have to start slowing down seven years before we actually got there. Wow. Right. Think about that. So, you know, it's sort of the same in your ADHD is I'm not looking about the next day, two days, three days. I'm looking about the next quarter century. Right. And and that makes it kind of a bitch when when, you know, you're trying to when you're when your girlfriend or whatever says, hey, don't forget dinner on Friday. And it's, and it's Wednesday, you know, because you're like, oh, OK, what year? You know, but it's it's <laughs> there, you know. We have to start embracing the fact that this is a gift and 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 the nerd. Keep in mind also that neurodiversity, the concept of that faster brain, um, we don't know what it was like 300, 400 years ago. But chances are Da Vinci had it. Chances are Einstein had it. All these people. But we did, we looked at those. Those were the outliers who were the geniuses. The rest of the people were idiots and either wound up in jail or dead or slaves. And so if you look at the premise of it as a gift, we've only been looking at that maybe 50 years, which is you know, one billionth of one millisecond in the grand scheme of time. 1,200 years ago, we still had two forms of life. We hunted and ate after we caught something or we starved to death. And that was it, right? About 800 years ago, 600 years ago, we discovered agriculture. Or 1,200 years ago, rather, we discovered agriculture. Well, 1,200 years ago, so we started farming. All of a sudden, shit, there was food to eat. We didn't have to go running for it. Well, we've spent millions of years building our brains to give us dopamine after we exercise, to give us dopamine after we run and catch the saber-toothed tiger. Oh, we started running? Let's flood his dopamine receptors so that opens up his eyes so he can see better at night. Let's pull the blood toward his toward his heart and lungs, protect that area, all this stuff. And now in just 1,200 years, you're trying to, you're trying to do that stop, that seven-year light speed stop because it's not normal. That's not, that's not normal. Right. And yeah. so so if the concept of hunters and gatherers, gatherers can eat whatever they want. But the people who are ADHD are still hunters and we still need that. But there's, you know, it's not it's not a coincidence that I'm a licensed skydiver with close to 500 jumps. Right. It's not a coincidence that that when I get angry, I get on my Peloton because if I wasn't on my Peloton, I'd probably be doing cocaine. So find the good and f- find the ways to take that ADHD and that and that creative brain. Don't don't push it down and if you have employees like that, don't squash it out embrace it let them be crazy that will the, the revenue you'll generate from that and the the, the growth you'll experience from that is off the charts That's it sounds to me stuff. like a, a positive thinking firm would actually start recruiting for neurodiversity no uh, question you know, go, about it I, yeah. t- I teach companies how to do that i gave i gave a keynote at indeed for god's sake the the the, the hiring firm on exactly that so, so Peter, you know, we talk about the physical layout changing, and th- this is sort of talking about the workforce changing. I'd like you to talk for a moment about the client expectation. You've written a lot on, um, you know, customer service and great customer service, and we've seen uh, in real time when lousy customer service moves an influencer like yourself from one rental car company to another. Talk to us a bit about how you perceive, you know, this new world that we're in where consumers are now used to Zoom. My parents in 85 can use Zoom. <laughs> you know, they don't necessarily want to go to an office. Granted, you know, post-COVID that may loosen up. But what? how should businesses, law firms and other businesses adapt to what consumers are going to be expecting going forward? So... My father surprised me, 79 years old. My father surprised me by sending me an, a Gmail inv- calendar invite for a family, um, uh, weekly family chat, 
right? I don't have a lot of family. I have a couple of cousins, my parents, me, my daughter, a weekly family chat. And I'll be damned if we haven't been keeping up with it for like four months now. And so, you know, when, when you give, when you don't give people a choice, technology is there. And technology, when used well, brings out the humanness in us. It brings out the best parts of humanness and, and improves humanness. You know, we we have seen stories, horrible stories of of parents, elderly parents dying in a hospital bed of COVID with no one allowed to be there. But there's a Zoom and there's they, they can see their face of, of their parents, and the parents, the face of their kids. You know, that would have been unthinkable 20 years ago. The difference being is that when America Online started, America Online became popular for parents let me, let me take that back. When Facebook started, Facebook became popular for kids, college students. And the second it became, second parents realized, well, shit, I could save a quarter point of my mortgage if I just click on this Facebook link. All of a sudden, Facebook was for parents, right? And it blew up. So there's always something that allows that transformation to happen. COVID was this, right? We have the technology and people are starting to realize that it's very useful. The scary side of that, of course, is you have people who are starting to use it, um, you know, unchecked. It's the same technology that helps bring families together unchecked can destroy democracy, you know, and we're seeing that as well. Um, but I do believe that good always wins. And the concept of tech, keep it simple, stupid, still applies. The reason Zoom is working, Zoom is not a digital uh, communications company. Zoom is a marketing firm. Zoom is a marketing company that has a very, very cool product that you can use for free, making you the product, right? Um I pay for the for the for the paid version because it's worth it. It is a good technology, but it's not a technology. It's a marketing firm, right? They get millions of people to use it. Their name is everywhere. They went public. You know, when when uh, I've been using my Peloton bike since 2016, 2015, and when um, when I bought it, everyone thought I was crazy. Oh, what do you ride at home? And, well, first of all, I hate people, so I didn't want to ride in, a, in, a, in you know with a bunch of screaming twenty year olds screaming out "woo" every thirty seconds, but um, as I kept using it, I started to see this cult of personality that I hadn't seen since my days at AOL, right? I mean, I have not seen brand awareness and brand loyalty. I remember I was, I was with a guy named Meyer Burlow, who was the head of advertising at America Online in 95. We were both outside in the back, uh, in the front parking lot of AOL smoking a cigarette because it was 95 and cigarettes were good for you. And <laughs> we, we were out there and we, this car comes in, these five people get out, one of them runs over to me, takes, hands me a camera, says, excuse me, you take a picture of us in front of the AOL sign? I'm like, sure, I take the picture, I give them back their camera, they get in their car and they leave and I turn to Mario, I go, what the hell was that? He goes, that was brand loyalty. He goes, I guarantee you those five people met in the chat room and this is their one week off from the factory, whatever they work, or all, all around the country for a year and they decided to meet up and come to where they where it all started. I haven't seen that level of brand loyalty since I started going, since I went to a couple of live classes at Peloton back in like February. And you see these housewives who fly in from fucking Nebraska, right? And they're wearing their Peloton t-shirts and they're there for that 6 a.m. class in the big New York City at the home school. It's unfreaking real, right? But that's where we are. And so when, when people find something that they can relate to, positive or negative, they're going to blow onto it. And that's where we are. Oh, it's yeah, ironic. I broke down this and week. ordered my this week. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're getting ours uh, this weekend. So, one of us. Uh, one of us. Yep, we'll, we're, we're becoming you. I, I run a Facebook group with about 75 people in it, and we're called Before the Sun, and we're usually on the bike by 4, 4.15 a.m. Wow. And and uh, it's great because it, it, it you know we have to check in every day. Here's my ride, and it keeps you, it keeps you focused. 
you know, something that that I've been curious about that I assume is front and center on your mind for a guy who makes his his living keynoting at this point. Uh, what is the future of conferences? You know, obviously, if people felt safe to travel, there's still a desire. But are we going to see a pullback just like you might have for in-office meetings? Will certain conferences be superfluous and only ones that really need that tactile uh, human touch? Where, where do you see that going? <sighs> Conference industry is a $3.2 trillion industry. You're not, worldwide, it's not going to go away. But what you will see is smaller events. You're not going to see Sony send 500 of their people to CES next year when they can send 50 and then do video conferencing for, for the other 450. Right? So I think that we're going to have to – it's not going to go away. The travel industry is not going to go away. It's, it's going to come back. Right? I think that you know, you're going to have to be smarter. I've been doing – Strangely, my keynotes have actually been going up. I've been doing more keynotes uh, since this whole thing started because companies are willing to, you know, pay three fourths of what they would pay me to fly out without having to pay for travel to do a Zoom call. Downside for that is that what you a three to a forty five minute keynote that used to take three days with travel now takes forty five minutes, and I'm just so fucking bored. But it's so much damn, so much damn How are you all your books if you're not on the plane? You know, it's funny. New York has turned into a shithole uh, over the past six months, um, especially where I live in, in near Times Square, Hell's Kitchen, because they've dumped uh, about 4,000 homeless people into hotels here that didn't have any revenue coming in um, to stop slow the spread of COVID, which is a problem when they don't tell you about it. I, I fully believe that we should have help for uh, the homeless, and that, but we should have help for mental health and things like that. But you don't drop 4,000 people into a residential neighborhood without telling anyone about it um, at all. And that's what happened here. So it, it's a bit it's a bit tough right now in New York. And I realized that one of the reasons I was surviving, I would always survive, born and raised here. One of the reasons I always loved New York was because I would not I would never be here for more than a few weeks straight. I'd always be going somewhere, right? So you travel somewhere, and it's sort of a reset. And so now I'm at the point where it's like, my God, I've been here six months. If I don't, if I don't leave soon, I'm going to start firebombing. So it's been tough. But yeah, the conference industry is not going away. We're, we'll, we'll see it come back. It, no, you know, it's 20, not going to go away. It's going to what changes do you see? Yeah, smaller that, conferences, a lot more video. The first company to come out with really, really good holographic imaging, like 10 times better than Tupac. When you come out with that, um, you know, that's going to be it. Big companies will invest in that whole infrastructure and everything will be holographic. And then why the hell do you have to fly them anywhere? I think that the, the big losers are going to be commercial real estate and airlines. Jay? I definitely think commercial. I definitely think commercial real estate is 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 uh, poised for just a dump. Uh, you know, over the next decade, uh, I would not be wanting to be one of those guys holding massive amounts of commercial real estate right now because I think it's going to be a problem. Um, one of the things that I think, Peter, we, we we should talk about a little bit uh, when you're trying to gain the intention of a consumer is the fact that. Over the last decade, you know, 20 years ago, 1995 or wherever we're talking about, you know, you had some cable TV, you had your network TV and you had and, and the Internet started coming around. Now we've got, you know, Netflix and Prime and, and now Quibi and we've got the attention span of the consumer has just dropped minimally because there's so many different resources to pull that attention away from the marketing message. How do you think businesses that are trying to grow? can compete in a in a in a economy in a world where the attention span has dropped tr precipitously become a better communicator the attention span used to be it was 60 seconds and there was, it was i'm sorry it was three minutes in the 50s 
No, I skipped it. It was six minutes in the 50s. It was three minutes in the 80s. It's about 2.7 seconds now. So if you want to become smarter, learn how to better communicate with your audience. Learn how to talk to your audience. Learn how to understand that your audience can be very useful to you um, if you communicate with them the way they want. Ask them how they like to get their information. Give them their information the way they want. Become a better communicator. Become a better writer, for God's sake. Don't make stupid errors. Be brilliant at the basics. I had a client or a, a company, rather. There's a company in New York, Kidville. They, uh, yeah, they, um, we got one of these. Yeah, you bring your child, you drop them off. It's like socialization when they're really young. If they throw them in a ball pit, I think they leave them there for a couple hours. You pick them up. But um, I remember the first time I brought my daughter there, I was a little scared to do that. And I dropped her off. She seemed to enjoy it. Um, I picked her up. She had all her fingers, all her toes. I was happy. Um, I said, okay, I'll bring her there tomorrow. I get a letter from them that night. Dear Mr. Shankman, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to to bring Jessica to visit with us today. Well, my daughter's name is Jessa, not Jessica. Right? You had one fucking job. Okay, how can I trust you to keep my kid alive? You can't spell her damn name. So it's stupid little things like that, right? Just become better at the basics. Understand, ask your audience how they like to get their information. Give it to them the way they want. If you were prognosticating for somebody right now, we've been through all different platforms, right? Google Plus to Facebook, you know, uh, TikTok exploding. If you were somebody from the business side looking to find audience, I know it's a very general question, what are you bullish on right now? Where where would you be putting weight over the next couple of years? I would be putting weight on wherever your audience happens to be. I can't answer that. Only you know where your audience is. But I would say that video is will be primary, wherever that is. But on the flip side, you know, if your audience is on the go and constantly running around and only you know maybe maybe and they're driving, maybe it's only audio. Ask your audience how they like to get their information. Give it to them the way they want. They'll tell you. They are dying to tell you. Just ask them. Jay? Yeah, that's that's really interesting because over the last couple of months, I've been you know I've been home, so I've been decided up waking up in the middle of the night and saying, hey, let me try this, and I'll do like Peter's done. It's just, it's just get to work and doing it. And one of the things that we found is we actually had some video ads running on the social media platforms. We cut those things down to six seconds or so, and now we're getting full engagement and we're actually getting a better return from a six-second ad than we were getting from a 30-second ad because people are clicking through so much more because we've piqued their interest. And no I just question think that, that, and that And now we, we're, we're realizing that that's what the consumer wants. They don't, they don't need a 30-second story as to why they should hire you. They want to know how to hire you when they need you and just be, you be have everywhere. Such a short, you have such a short window. Right, such a short window. Yeah. Why not reach out at the right time, get the people, and again, just ask them. They'll tell you what you need to know. So, Peter, I have another idea that uh, I figure I'd run by you uh, because it came to me in the middle of the night, uh, and it's for lawyers who want to grow their practice. And one of the things that I think lawyers tend to do uh, errantly is is they try to be everything to everybody. Uh, and one of the things that I've thought about doing recently was instead of trying to market my firm to uh, everybody from age 18 to age 90 is say, I'm going to own a decade. So I'm going to start marketing heavily to the 30 to 40 year olds. And then next year, I'm going to market to 31 to 41. And then the year after that, 32 to 42. And I'm going to try to own this decade of people and avoid, you know, diluting my message and going wide and just really starting to just focus narrowly on this one decade of people and stay with them through their journey. Do you think that has any value or any, any possibility? Or do you think that's just a crazy idea that I, uh, you know, I woke up at 3 a.m. and I shouldn't even try that? There's nothing wrong with trying it. I mean, again, try everything, right? I don't, I don't think you should put all your eggs in one basket. But sure, if you become, I mean, I, I know, 
I know someone who's the feminist lawyer, and she only takes cases that have to deal with feminism, right? I know someone who's this lawyer, that lawyer. You know, again, find there's nothing wrong with finding your niche of, of all times. Now, niche is huge, but you know, don't do it in such a way that you throw yourself down and 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 and, and lock out everything else. Great, well, Zach. Peter, yeah, no, thank you so much. This this has been awesome. Any final words for uh, of inspiration? It is a uh, I refer to it as an emotional roller coaster. There are days where we're like, yeah, hey, we're we're rolling. There are days like, what you know, I visited New York and I'm like, hey, we're kidding ourselves. This is saw what well, you're talking about before. I mean, look, I, I appreciate you having me on on this on this what the the this 874th day of April. Um, it's a uh, <laughs> you know, it is a crazy time. The the one thing to keep in mind, as my beautiful seven year old daughter jumps into frame, is that. Life is short, you know, and we can have a lot of fun. The rules are gone. There pretty much are no more rules. So have a good time. Enjoy it. Right. And try something new. What's the worst that could possibly happen? It fails and you do something else. I love that. What a message. The rules are gone and just keep doing it. Yep. I love it. Hi, Jessa. I remember. Her. Hi. <laughs> yeah. You did. All right. Yeah. Guys, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Peter, thank Bye. you so Bye. much. Thank you for being with us. Bye. Bye bye, guys. Well, Seth, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, that, that I probably need to slow it down. Normally, I listen to things at two times speed. I think that's something I have to slow it down and go at half speed just to sort of wrap my head around everything that Peter gave us. What were your thoughts? No, I, I, my uh, thoughts exactly. Um, I've known Peter for a long time, heard him speak as you have many times. Um, and whether I'm speaking to him in a small group of two or three people or hearing his keynotes, I always find that I need to digest the information because there's so much packed in there. He is thinking faster than most of us. And the idea that he has put thought into what's going on. And for most of us, we're sitting there with our day-to-day -day businesses and putting out fires, maybe trying to plan for the future. But to have somebody whose full-time job is sort of figuring out and thinking about dynamic changes, uh, I find incredibly valuable. And the idea that you can sit and stew and reflect upon what he sees from where he sits as a guy who is plugged in socially as well as anybody, as well as somebody who then touches all of these different major businesses through keynoting, uh, the perspective is just invaluable. All right. So let me ask you this question because we talked a little bit about uh, with Peter. Have you already ordered the Peloton? Because I placed my order yesterday. So I it's get, coming in a couple of weeks. Are you getting no, no, yours? We, we, put, we, we did it midway through COVID. It shows up tomorrow morning. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that's going to be great. So maybe one of these days we can uh, get a, a, a clip of you. Uh, are you going to join his uh, his Before the Sun Club? Because that uh, is not my my mojo. Uh, <laughs> I think that will be the afternoon ride. Um, yeah. I'm already told that there are uh, playlists that I need to that I need to find. Uh, this was driven uh, by my wife. You know, when we went to a, a birthday party, a fiftieth, not that long ago, we were the only couple at the table that had not bought in. So we were sort of like the last holdouts in our friend group. But I think COVID has shown us that if you there are days you can't get out, and uh, it appears to be. If it incentivizes you to exercise, it's always about gyms, you know, whether it's a cheap gym or expensive gym, if you go and use it, it's worth every penny. And I feel that like the Peloton, while not inexpensive, if it gets you to exercise, it is great. I just hope it doesn't become a clothing rack like other exercise equipment can be. But everybody I know has it, loves it and can't wait to uh, drink the Kool-Aid and join in. Yeah. You know, for me, I work out a couple days a week. Uh, now I've been doing it through FaceTime 
with my trainer, but I got a full weight bench and I'm doing that stuff all through COVID. I've never, I haven't really missed any of my appointments. Um, but one of the things that I'm terrible at is cardio and it's cause cardio is boring to me. Uh, so I'm hoping, uh, like Benji Bronk, I am able to, uh, you know, get into the whole cardio with a group thing, even though like Peter, I kind of hate people sometimes. So the idea of being with people, but not having to actually be with them is somewhat appealing. So mine will come in, in months, I think. Uh, I got to check, but it's, it, you know, they're, they're so backlogged. It's, it's amazing. Um, but, it, you know, it's interesting that you talk about how it's something that if you get it and you use it, you're going to get something out of it. Uh, that leads me to talk a little bit about one of our upcoming episodes, which is going to be our top 10 growth hacks for 2021, because this episode is going to be phenomenal. And I guarantee you, of the 10 ideas, you're going to find two or three that you can use, you'll love, and you'll be able to use them successfully in 2021. So be on the lookout for that episode coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, I think you're going to really get a lot out of it. Uh, but I think that's going to do it for us. Great stuff from Nalini, as usual. I mean, Nalini's just a, a gem. Uh, and, uh, of course, just wow stuff from, from Peter that I... You know, what can you say? Uh, you know, he's just uh, he goes a mile a minute and he gives you two miles a minute with uh, with great ideas. So I think we should end the show there, Seth. We're a little shorter than normal, but uh, that's not a bad thing. Well, we'll that's because we had there. somebody who was faster than normal. Right. Exactly. He was going five miles. He was going five times the speed. So that's just what, that, that just makes sense. But with that. Uh, I'm going to let you guys know if you want this podcast edition, you can go to MaximumLawyer.com. You can also get it on any one of the major podcasting platforms, Maximum Growth Live. We'd love you to join our Facebook page. Uh, just follow us so you can get up-to-date information. I send out invites every week uh, so you'll be reminded about the show. Uh, if you have any questions, drop us a note down below in the comments section. We'll happily talk to you about that. We are looking for people for a hot seat. We've done a couple of them in the past but we're looking for a couple more people. So if you want to have your growth issues addressed by Seth and by me live on a show, please put your name down below. Tell us what your growth challenge is and we'll get you into a hot seat very soon. But for that, Seth, I'm going to leave it. Any final parting words? No, uh, you know, go out there and crush it. Absolutely. That's just the way you, you know, I think, I think you got to take the approach that Peter has when you decide on something, go for it and just and go all in. So, uh, that's a great, great message that he gave us today. And uh, I think everybody knew it. So we'll say bye for now. We'll see you next week for another edition of Maximum Growth Live. Thank you for listening to Maximum Growth Live. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast for the latest episodes and tune in live on Facebook every Thursday for our live show. For more information, visit Maximum Growth Live on Facebook or MaximumLawyer.com and be sure to share us with your friends.